Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Canon Side Chats after a wonderful double game week that we've had so far with a nice, easy victory over Everton and then an absolute nail-biter up against Bournemouth. Relegation-threatened Bournemouth, mind you. Today, I'm joined with the normal crew, Bex and Sam. Bex, how are you doing? Relegation-threatened Everton as well. And I'm yeah, doing very great, true. man. And Sam, how are you doing? Yeah, can't complain. I was super excited to see that we made history with the Everton game by being the first team to beat another team 100 times in the Premier League. So thank you, Everton, for helping make that possible. 100 times over. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, on the back of, as I said, what was an incredible, thrilling match week, I thought we might kick things off with just some things we loved over the past week. Um, obviously Arsenal victories, a lot of goals in those, um, speaking of a lot of goals, that Manchester United Liverpool game was chock full of them. Um, so anything you guys have that, that you loved? I just love going to seeing that Manchester United game and how many times the camera just caught Bruno Fernandez being a little bitch out there on the field. I loved it. I loved the whole thing getting them. I mean, not exactly rooting for Liverpool, but I'll take someone getting thrashed every time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was probably the most or the most enjoyed I've ever felt watching a Liverpool game, one hundred percent. And I'm just confused at who on Liverpool scored the touchdown uh, to make it seven nothing. <laughs> exactly. I think they had quite a few scores. And one thing I love from that is Bobby Firmino getting his goal. You guys know I'm a big Bobby fan. I've I've really liked him. I modeled my pro club's play style after him. Um, I really think that he does a lot for the team, and and I'm glad that he finally got one right after it's it's mentioned that he's not going to be with Liverpool next season. So, well-deserved. Good for Liverpool. Love to, love to see Manchester United get thrashed. I heard enough 8-2s in my lifetime. It's going to be nice to, to come back with that 7-0. Yeah, and you can't... You can't forget to mention uh, Lissandro Martinez getting put in the washing machine uh, by Mo Salah in that game. The memes that came off of that were just absolutely incredible. So um, just adds to it. So got to love it. Got to love we got the other O ending name in Zinchenko instead of Lissandro. That's for certain. Um, one thing I loved from the week, Beckett, I know you texted me about it. We were talking. Cremonese got their first win in Serie A of the entire season this week over a Jose Mourinho's Roma. So just want to give them a shout out. That has to be just an absolutely dreadful team to play for, to watch, to go to having not gotten a single point or, or win. I'm sorry. Um, but funnily enough, they're not in last. They are actually in, in uh, second to last in Syria. Um, Sampdoria is beneath them with two wins somehow. Um, but that's something I love. You love Jose Mourinho getting a red card and getting sent to the showers early as well. Um, and then also, shout out to the hometown, St. Louis City, the home opener. Um, Becca was there with me. It was awesome time, great atmosphere, no one sitting down, standing the whole entire time. I've all of a sudden developed a, an incredible uh, passion for MLS soccer, and, and I love that that's going to continue for the foreseeable future. Hell yeah. Love to so, hear that. All right, guys, so this week's trivia question, we actually have three. I have two, Sam has one. But the first one, with Hector Bellerin set to face Arsenal with Sporting 
Can you tell me another player who has worn both the Arsenal and the Sporting shirt? Wow. I'll give you a hint. There are what I consider two to be pretty obvious and one that I don't think <laughs> I don't either like of you that. will be able to get. I don't like you saying it's obvious. Um... <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, the Crossmaster played for Sporting, didn't he? Who, um, Freddie? Who? Who are you talking about? I'm thinking Cedric. Oh, but you know the Crossmaster, Cedric. That's one. Cedric. Sam's got one oh, point. Yeah, Sam's God, got I'm one point. Crossmaster. Crossmaster. Yeah. But I, I, after that, I have no idea. I don't know. I just why wasn't I not thinking of him? <laughs> it's a good thing you're not thinking of Cedric. I didn't want to be. Actually, I watched him play today and. He had when he got subbed on, he had a moment that I was just like, There's the Cedric, you know. What I mean? <laughs> um, uh, I don't think I'm gonna get this. Would you uh, like I another hint say, for the obvious one? I, I want to say, Is, uh, Gerbino or something like that. No, uh, was it you're on the right track? You're on the right track, midfielder. Here's the hint, Here's the hint. CONCACAF, Joel Campbell. Joel Campbell, correct. Okay. Joel Campbell. Is, is that, is there only, how many are there? Those are the only two you're going to get. The other ones were in the 90s, 80s. Luis Boamorte played 25 games for us in 97. And Raphael Mead, who played in like the 80s. So yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't expect that. But just in case you somehow knew it, I had to throw him up there. All right. This next one might be easier, might be harder. We'll see. But in Europe, Arsenal has a 43% win percentage against teams from Portugal in European competition. There are only four countries which the Gunners have performed worse against. Name them. Um, Spain. That's Spain is one. Go. Spain is one. 31.58% <clears throat> win percentage. I feel like Germany has to be there. Well, I mean... I feel like Germany has to be there because we've gotten our ass beat by Bayern a few times. Um, Italy? I mean, I, I would think it's along similar lines to the big countries or big leagues. Is England one? one? England, is is, England is another yeah, one. England is definitely one. We have a 0% win percentage against teams from England in Europe. Zero? Zero percent. <laughs> Um, Might have to change that if we get United next round. Oh, because you, you probably, what, you can't play until the round of... Yeah, until the, the knockouts. Line. Right. You can play in... Okay. Um, so we have two of the four, Spain and England. Germany. Germany. Yeah, you didn't answer to Italy. Italy not one? Neither of those are correct. Um, Smaller? Smaller countries? One of these, you're going to be like, okay, that makes sense. The other one, you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, okay, that makes sense. I would say think more France? historic. Think more historic for the obvious one. Um, the Dutch? The Dutch. That's the Netherlands. Yeah, I just said that. That's all right. Sorry. 
As one long more. as Beckett's got it on. Um, I don't, you said we're never going to get it. Uh, uh, I don't know. Turkish. I don't know. No, it can't be. I don't even know. Some team, some country we played one time. <laughs> yeah. I think it was I think it was six or eight times for this country. Even then. I don't Yeah, know. I don't know. I have no idea. Played some shit teams. You Let's just say we we were at war with them. Well, they're at war with the world. Russia? Russia. <laughs> we playing from Russia that week. Russia. At thirty seven point five percent. Spain at 31.58%, the Netherlands at 40%, and England at 0%. Where did you compile this data? <laughs> I, I looked it up today. <laughs> He's dedicated to the pod. All right, Sam, you want to go with yours? Yeah, what you got? Okay, yeah, mine's a little bit more recent, a little more straightforward for guessing purposes, but... In the last 25 competitive matches, how many times have Arsenal's opposition not been awarded a card? All competitions, you say, right? Yeah. All competitions? No, all competitive matches. So all competitions. (laughs) No, there's a couple Uh, friendlies in there. Yeah, well, those aren't... No one's counting friendlies. Um, That's not a competition. Yeah. Match. Um, do you uh, can you set a line for us, or do you think it, we should? Or do you, I don't think it's high. I mean, I'm going sixteen. I don't think that sixteen. Um, sixteen I, matches where there hasn't been a card, or there has been a card where the other team hasn't been awarded a card or shown a card. <laughs> that seems. That know. tells you all you need to know, Beckett. I think it's um that seems really high. I'm going <laughs> to say four times. Beckett's a little bit more along the lines. There's only been two games of the past 25 where the other team was not given a card. Yeah. One of them, one of them's more recent when we just played Leicester with the 1-0 away win. And then the other one dates all the way back to when we beat Leeds 1-0 at Ellen Road. Wow. I can't believe we've ever played a game against Leeds and Leeds didn't get a card. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was surprised too. But I was like, yeah. we was gotten... one earlier this season? Yeah, with Sokka with the winner. Damn. Well, that Leicester one makes sense because they were nowhere near the ball at all, That's ever. They wouldn't even, yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. That's a good one. That. That's a good one. 16. Get the <laughs> I'm just trying to prove a point, man. There's a there's a uh, there's an agenda against Arsenal. Didn't you know that half those cards were rescinded afterwards? They're not counting towards accumulation. <laughs> That's true. I believe that. So. All right, that's good. I like that. I'm just pausing my video now. Yeah, me too. Okay, so I kind of get what he means like your voice won't be on my i guess it doesn't matter yeah that's why yeah, i need that's what i'm saying it doesn't matter are you just gonna like stack them put them in the corners or something just like this 
Yeah, I'll probably just copy and I'll figure out what all the points I want from each one and then just trim them all up a bunch of times. Mine was, uh, I would uh, hardly looked at my phone at all, so my eyes are just going to be above the camera the whole time. Yeah, no, I'm, I was reading off my computer too, so we'll be good. I'm, I'm going to have to send a smaller video, but we can do that later. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we're done with that, let's move on to the Everton game. We had a few lineup changes from the previous fixture. This is the game where Trossard comes in for Eddie. Well, as opposed to the last time we played Everton, Trossard in for Eddie. Keen and Maupai in for Cody and DCL, respectively. So, Beckett, what was the difference between these fixtures? The 1-0 loss at Everton and the 4-0 driving we gave them at the Emirates? Well, we won, so that was the biggest difference. <laughs> That's uh, why you're here, giving us this <laughs> in-depth analysis. Um, we got the first goal. Is a big difference, but 40 minutes, they still frustrated us a lot in that first 40 minutes, just like they did the first game. But it's, you know how hard it is to just not make a mistake against the style of play we have for that long. Any mistake you make, Sokka immediately punishes probably the first defensive mistake they made in both games. And with a great touch movement with his feet, gets it off on his right. That's an incredible shot. And as soon as that ball goes in, all of the pressure disappeared from the game on our end. So, yeah, I mean, biggest thing for me is we got the first goal, but also they made a mistake and we capitalized on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think just in the first game, too, uh, their just belief just continued to grow, and then they got a run of corners um, that they ended up scoring on. So I think whenever they got that, I think they were determined to, you know, tuck away and seal that 1-0 victory. So, yeah, that, that first goal is just so important to kind of bring them out of their own box and let us play around a little bit more. Can't hear anything you're saying. Me neither. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree completely with what you said. With the, the first goal, that forces them out of their shell. Becky, quit laughing. You need to do that shit, man. Fucking, I'm tired of editing your shit out. But I, I agree. I think we get the first goal. That's huge. Forces them out of their shell. They have to come and play. And you can see what happens three minutes later when they have to kind of try to play. Gay takes a bit too much time on the ball. Sokka makes him pay for it. Were you guys worried that was going to be offsides? Did you celebrate? Did you think it was offsides off the rip? Um, I know that Sokka and Martinelli both said in the in the uh, after post-match presser that they said they thought it was offsides for sure, and they were actually surprised when it was given. I think just the way like everybody kind of reacted I just assumed it was all sides, but it was, it was awesome. Martinelli rotated to the middle and was, he was really putting pressure on. I think we, when we had that lead, we kind of suffocated them with our press for a, a bit. And that's exactly what you're hoping happens. And we could jump on it like that. And it just changes the entire complexion of the game. 
not to dive into that too much, but just getting a second goal, especially before halftime. Right, and as you okay. said, Everton were kind of getting at us a little bit. I know that they had accumulated a higher XG before, or in the first half before those two opportunities. Um, yeah, they were they were like you said, frustrating, getting after us a bit. But yes, once those goals went in, it was the floodgates were open. Oh yeah, absolutely. We get to see uh, Bukayo Saka change yet another game um, because that that moment completely flipped it on his head. But that's a rare occurrence of VAR wherever I've seen that it was going to VAR and everyone just kind of accepted. All right, that's not a goal. Nobody arguing or anything like that. Um, but then it worked out. So maybe that's the key. Maybe we just gotta let VAR do its thing, not try and protest whatsoever, and it, it'll start working out. You did watch the game against Bournemouth, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't believe that the no protest is the way to go. <laughs> don't think that's the way to go. But um, one thing I wanted to point out, yeah, Bukayo Saka's feet on that first goal, absolutely brilliant. The way he settles, receives, and pulls it away from the defender and gives himself an angle to roof it, roof it near post. Um, also, the work ethic for the second to create the second goal is incredible. And cheers to Martinelli for for bearing it without question. But I want to say Zinchenko had the most ground progressed, passing, carrying, most touches in the game aside from, I think, Saliba. Um, so just talk about him. How brilliant is he? He I mean, he absolutely runs the show, even when Martin Odegaard's not in there running it. And it hits him dribbling the ball out and, and playing sock in for that first goal. So just maybe give a, maybe give him a little time in the limelight. Uh, yeah, I thought Zinchenko was great again. And actually, for the first 45 minutes, this was the first, I know I had talked about him on the last pod, was this was the first time I kind of thought Jorginho wasn't very good. And I think Zinchenko kind of carried even more of the load in this first half because I don't think Zinchenko played very well. And I don't know if it was scheduled for Party to come on or if Arteta just thinks the same that he was showing signs of not being able to play on the day or we were limited a little bit. So I'm glad he made it. They had a few chances, as you said. So, but Sinchenko was helping him out and he looked great in there. Yeah, I agree that Jorginho was his first, first pretty, not horrible game, but off performance, I would say in an Arsenal shirt, a couple bad giveaways um, but going back to Zinchenko, I just feel bad for Tierney because he's kind of set the standard of what a left back in our system does. And I just don't think there's many people in the Premier League or in the world, in fact, that can play that role. So kind of stinks for him a little bit, but um, got to love it for this team. Yeah, you got to think Tierney is just grinding his teeth on the bench. Um, pro- not mad at Mikel, not mad, but just that guy's just a competitor and wants to be out there and I can only imagine what sitting on the bench is, is doing to him. And it's a shame because, like you say, he's a, a great player. He's been a great servant to the club. Uh, and, yeah, I hope that I hope that we can see him out there and and uh, playing for the Arsenal still. But anyway, 73% possession in that game. Would you believe that when I told you? That's got to be one of the higher possession games we've had all season long. And it just – the scoreline showed it, just complete domination of Everton. They they did not belong on the same field as Arsenal on that day. No, the um, 
Arteta, remember Arteta saying that we need to learn how to kill off games in the past. We need to be able to make 3,000 passes in the second half or to close out a game or whatever. That second half, we could have done whatever the fuck we wanted to on the field, and we could have held the ball the entire half if we wanted to. So that was a good um, demonstration of making all those passes because Everton just got lost and completely capitulated. Not quite like Manchester United, but... Right, and speaking of killing off a game, let's talk about Bournemouth because that seems to be something they couldn't do. They were so close to killing off this game and coming away with the point um, if it wasn't for Reese Nelson, Mr. Arsenal Academy. Um, just a few lineup changes that we went into. We talked about Vieira coming in um, for Xhaka, getting Xhaka rest, and Tomiyasu in for White. I don't think Tomiyasu fit very well, but we can get back into that. Um, was this quite possibly the worst start to an Arsenal game you've ever ever witnessed? Yes. <laughs> In a word, it was definitely deflating. I think the horrible. only solace I had coming out of it was like, okay, we've still got 89 minutes left to score two goals. Like, we can do that, surely. Yeah, and I just no, think it's my- something from a... Like a schoolyard play to to give up a goal like that. You got nine dudes on the halfway line. It was just like, what is going on? And then the next thing you know, it's in the back of your net. And you're like, they can't, I can't believe that just worked. My first thought was they just gave validity to FIFA's kickoff glitch. That, that's what I thought, too. I was like, we just got kickoff glitched, man. We None of our players moved. We just watched that ball get crossed and, and passed in our own net. Has to be the worst possible start of all time. And it didn't get much better. Although we were on the front foot, we were, we were dominating possession. We were creating creating some opportunities. And then we struggle on corner kicks again. And the man gets free and and all of a sudden it's 2-0. Is that going to be a problem for us going, going forward? Are we going to get attacked? Say, hey, let's see how many set pieces and corners we can get because they're get-addable from these set pieces. Probably. And I would say... Which is shocking because last year we were had didn't even give up a corner goal for so long. I just think the league is getting better at moving players and like shielding players on corners. Brentford is really good at it, and um, Klopp mentioned at one point what Brentford does is borderline illegal. It was when they got a result against Liverpool. Imagine that, but um, they they do. I mean, they kind of did it for Tony in our game as well. They they as long as you get bodies in the way, zonal marking has limitations. If you get too many bodies in the way, people can't move around. So then you just have to beat your man. Um, and yeah, I think for us, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. We're not one of the biggest teams, but I don't think we're effectively guarding our six and our zonal marking either. So I don't know. Yeah, well, luckily, it didn't take too long for us to peg one back, which is a common theme for for this Arsenal team. Um, about eight minutes later, we get one back through Thomas Party of all people, and it's not the the outside of the box curler we've all become accustomed to when it comes to him. It's him getting back in the box on a uh, in Emil Smith keeping it alive with the header, and Party making no mistake putting it in off the goalkeeper's shin. You guys feel a surge of of momentum coming from that goal? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love I love Smith Rowe recognizing that he's not going to get the power on that from there, just floating it at the back stick. And sure enough, Party first one to react and being able to bury it. And then at that point, I was like, we just needed one, and we're going to keep going until the end, and maybe maybe win it. I I'm pretty confident in an equalizer, but I can't say I was expecting us to come back and get all three. Right, and it's it's really good to see Thomas Party getting that goal after he he was the one responsible for Cincy, the guy who broke on for the header. Um, so it's nice to see him kind of come and peg one back, and if not even even the script, maybe you know jumpstart us into what was to be a miraculous comeback. Um, and we had unlikely goal scorers really all day. Uh, the second one comes again. Uh, Reese Nelson, I believe, had just been in- introduced, and it might have been shoot his first buildup where he sprays a ball that looked like it missed everyone in the box until you see old Benjamin White, Benny Blanco coming in at the back stick with a what was a really composed volley, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah, I Reese did just come on. Um, he came out for a meal who got that assist. And um, I think that was a very good substitution because I think the pace really gave Reese the advantage on that wing to make that cross. Um, and yeah, Ben with a great volley on it. And I, I, I was rewatching it a little bit earlier. And after he scores, and it's his first goal for us, he just looks like a kid running around, like the smile on his face is ear to ear. He's like pointing up to the crowd, sending kisses to his uh, fiance, wife, whatever. And it was just, it was kind of fun to see. It was like, this guy, this guy's got, usually shows no emotion. And now he's grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. Oh, he was living then. He was living that up. And good for him too. Good for him. Um, real quick, one thing. Did you guys notice, I think in the commentary, when Emil Smith-Rowe got subbed off, they're like, oh, well, didn't really do much today. I'm like, what do you mean? He just got the assist for our goal. Like, I, what, what are we talking about here? And they did the same thing with Reese later in the game after he had an assist as well. And it's like, what are we talking about? Like, Reese struggled to make an impact after coming on as a sub. I'm like, dude, he got an assist on, like, the first attack he was involved in. Yeah, it was Quite confusing. It wasn't the A commentary team, that's for sure. No, um, who was that guy? I don't remember his name. Ephraim? Ephraim, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, as we say, that once that second goal went in, it was it was all guns blazing forward. Um, and it went right to the death. I don't have to speak too much about it, but where were the limbs at about the 97th minute for you guys? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was, uh, I, well, I had seen, unfortunately, it, it didn't quite get ruined for me, but I looked down at my phone and I saw a car had texted and said, what a pill or something, but they hadn't even taken the corner on my screen. So I was like, that can't be for this. I thought he was talking about the Zinchenko shot that was probably yeah. going in. Oh, maybe he was, but I, I was just like, I was like, I got definitely got me more intrigued to see the corner. So whenever it, I was watching upstairs. Whenever it went off, I, <laughs> I I was laying on my couch and I tried to stand up, but I just fell out of the couch. I was just scrambling. I was just so excited. It was, I, was, I lost. My, I went absolutely mental. 
Oh yeah. And that ball there was kind of just floating and thankfully Reese waited for it to come down. But like while the ball was dropping, I was like, shoot, you got to shoot. And then finally it's just next thing you know, it's in the back of the net and I just couldn't believe it. Had to do a lap around the house. So initially on the shot, I yell Reese, you know, I'm going nuts. And then I'm going crazy. High five and Morgan, you know, going nuts. I look back and the camera's on Saliba celebrating by himself in the corner. And I'm like, wait a second. No way was that Saliba who just hit an absolute pinger on his left foot from the top of the box. No way. And then it panned back to Reese. I'm like, okay, yeah, wait, it was, it was Reese. It was Reese. But wanted Reese to ask you guys. Calm, Reese was the calmest man in the celebrations. He's yeah, that was crazy. Oh, settle down. Settle was that, that's why was the that Saliba? On Saliba. <laughs> going crazy. Was that Saliba pill against Bournemouth last time, or am I wrong on that? The left footed goal that Saliba scored was that Bournemouth? That might be. Um, let's go back and see. I think it might have, but I, I could be wrong. Well, we put up a lot against them the first time we played them, so you might be right. Didn't we win 5 0? Well, you're looking that up. I just wanted to ask one question for you guys. Was there anyone in the club that you think deserves a moment like that more than Reese Nelson? No. I love Reese Nelson. I mean, I don't, I, it just hasn't worked out for him. And he had great loan spell in Germany. Years and ago. at Feyenoord as well, last year. Yeah, and then I think he would have been in line to get more playing time after the World Cup, but he was... He came or when we came back, he was injured. I don't know. I, I last time he's played three games, and it, the last one he had two goals. Or the first one he had two goals in came on for soccer early against Nottingham Forest. So, I mean, he's shown his quality. He's asking the questions, and hopefully, he gets some playing time maybe in Europe this week. Yeah, I mean, he's a little unfortunate with. Uh the signings and then Saka and Martinelli just being so nailed on all year, pretty much playing about every minute, but yeah, 85 minutes played three goals and two assists this year. So, I mean, you can't, can't ask for much more than that. Not a bad return on the, on the minutes there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think that, yeah, it's really good for him. I mean, obviously he's been around the first team for a long, long time. uh, And it's just, it's nice to see him having some meaningful contribution. Like no one can say that like you rode, if we were to magically, I don't want to say it, but go on to win something this season, he undoubtedly played a part in it. Even if it, even if his contribution contribution is limited at just those three games, those 85 minutes there, that's one of the most important goals of the season without a doubt. If, if NBC adds a highlight from this season, if we go on to win the title and they add a snippet of this season to their monologue or whatever for a commercial break, it's going to be Reese Nelson's hit on his left foot. Oh, yeah. At least at this point in the season. So, yeah, he'll definitely have earned his medal that we hopefully get and keep pushing on for. And I I think it was good to have him get some minutes, and I think it was real good to see uh, Emil Smith-Rowe get in and get some meaningful minutes too, even though it might have been earlier than we would want um, with Trissard's injury. But uh, I think, I mean, it was a tough game, and I think Emil did all right, and he did uh, added a contribution to our comeback, so you can't fault anything there. Right, and 
I'm sure that he didn't, or Arteta didn't plan on using Emil Smith Rowe so early in the game. It's obviously unfortunate that Troussard goes down injured, but uh, yeah, you never want to see a sub get sub. But I think that that is those are reasonable circumstances. I think he was looking kind of kind of worn out, um, dragging a little bit, and we needed something from the game. So I don't think he can hold his head down too too low for that. I think it it's perfectly fine and and justified. Um, before we move on and before I don't want to dampen the mood or anything, but just want to briefly talk it talk it through. Did you guys think any of those handballs should have been called handball? How, how what were your feelings on those? The first one, he jumps and just misses it. I guess that's incidental enough where you shouldn't call it. Um the one where Sokka, right after Reese, uh, right after Ben White had scored that one, where it hits off the guy's arm and off the post, he definitely moves his arm towards the ball. That should have been a pen in my eyes. Um, and even the commentator said, "Then, if Arsenal don't go on to win this, they'll point to that surely as a moment that they should have had another goal or an opportunity to score." So that definitely at least one. Um, What's his face? What's the tall guy? Billings? I don't know how I feel about that, but he's right on the goal line. And his arms away, his hands like away from his body. So, I don't know, maybe two of them. I'd take high probability of getting most weekends. There was another one, too, where the guy was kind of turning his back, wasn't there? Um, Yeah. Like leaning away. Yeah, I mean, his arms at his side there, so... I don't know. It's just the whole turning away. And then I agree with you. The one on the goal line, it's like, I mean, he's literally a foot away from the ball going in the net. I feel like that's a little absurd to just allow that. Yeah. Maybe there should be a handball accumulations or something. Right. How many times can we incidentally hit the ball with our hands before it's awarded? I don't know. Um yeah, I, I mean, obviously we don't have to dwell on it because we win anyway. But again, we just got to harp consistency because I've seen some of those get called for handballs this year. I've seen some of them not. I I really, it's just a problem that nobody really knows what a handball is, um, which obviously that's something that, that needs to be addressed. But we move on. Our next game, we return to Europe. We're in Lisbon this Thursday. So just a little brief outline on on how sporting season's going. They dropped out of the Champions League, so they're a Champions League club coming down. They didn't create over one XG in any of their group stage games. Not a single one. They scored more than one goal, but they didn't create more than one XG in any of their group stage games. However, they did beat Tottenham 2-0. So hats off to them for that. They beat Midgeland comfortably in the round of 32 to get up against us. They're fourth in the Premiera, which is quite quite a big drop-off for a team like Sporting. Usually they're up in the top three with Benefica and Porto battling it out. Um, so it's been kind of a down year. They're a young team. They actually have a younger average age than us, which is pretty impressive considering we're the youngest team in the Prem. Um, and they've got one man, the main man, that everything goes through. Can you guys guess who it is? Pedro Goncalves. Pedro Goncalves. He's 
He is their main man. He is the danger man. He's got 14 goals and eight assists all comps this year. I don't think anyone else comes up to 12, uh, both goals and assists on their team. They've got a few other dangers. They've got Marcus Edwards, young young Englishman. But other than that, they are. Uh, it looks like we're, if we can shut down Jan Calvez, we'll be we'll be in good shape. So, you guys excited about the return to Europe? Yeah, hopefully we can get some rotation in um, since for the away game and uh, get some players some playing time who probably need it. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I saw uh, that their record is nine zero and two at home, and six two and four on the road. So they'll definitely be wanting to take something from uh, this home fixture. Um, but yeah, I agree. Hopefully, we can get some rotation in. And with Eddie and Trossard kind of lingering in the doubts, who do you think that front free front three will be? Hmm. I think I, mean, I think he's earned his spot if he if he gets yeah. it. I think he's earned it. That's all I I'm saying. Has to be in there. Um, I think Reese Nelson starts. Uh, probably. I would think Martinelli probably plays through the middle, and Saka, and then if you can get, you could hope you can get something first half, and then Emil comes in or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's flipped and Emil starts because he could use the minutes, but I, I just don't know where he is. Would you guys be opposed to Fabio Vieira playing in a more advanced role? And then you can maybe slide in Jorginho, Party, Xhaka? Or Odegaard, one of them? I would I would be all right with that. I just don't think Party, Xhaka, and Jorginho give you enough creativity. You're just none of them are usually the tight passes through the lines. Like Party will swing outside, Shaka can swing long balls. Party does, but it's usually from deep when he's got more time to do it. When someone's pressuring him, I don't know how I feel with him as an eight. We haven't seen it, so you don't know. I think more likely we would probably see Vieira out wide. With Chaka Odegaard and then maybe Jorginho or something. Um, not sure. I I thought Vieira starting in the midfield this last game was a good idea against a team that was going to sit back like Bournemouth. I'm not sure how if that's the same style that Sporting's going to come at us with. Yeah, I absolutely liked the Vieira. I know we talked about it on the last pod, but the idea of throwing him in the midfield. Um, but I. After watching the game, I think that's probably something we can only do with Party. Um, I just don't know if Jorginho's got the pace to be tracking back and you making up for kind of what you're losing um, in the midfield with Vieira there compared to our other guys. Right, definitely. Without a doubt, it'll be it'll be an exciting game and exciting to be back in, in Europe. And I'm hoping the bench can be filled out with some of the young guns that we've got kind of moving through the academy maybe get them some minutes if we get up a bit. I'm not saying throw this game away, but it would be nice to, to allow for some minutes and, and really go strong in the home fixture. Um, and then we have to bounce right back again on Sunday, big game on Sunday against Fulham, a team who's obviously got something to prove. They had our number in the first game. We barely squeaked out. We had to rely on another late winner, uh, Gabriel Header, out of the corner at the, end, at the beginning of the season. 
to get all three points. Mitrovic, I mean, he's a problem. He he's a problem. We struggle against these big physical players, like Ivan Tony and and Mitrovic. Uh, so we're gonna have to be we're gonna have to be on our game. Can't be making any mistakes, especially on corner kicks. Uh, so, uh, your guys' thoughts on the Fulham game? Nervous? Excited? Definitely excited. Um. Excited for every game right now, especially in the Premier League. You just keep inching closer. Uh, I I have some uh, some thoughts on them. I watched Brentford play Fulham today, but Sam, let us know how excited you are. And we'll touch on my thoughts afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely excited. Like Beckett said, uh, you know, one game at a time, but your mind's always lingering on uh, what could potentially happen and what Q could potentially witness. Um, here in a couple months so definitely excited about that and i i really like our chances if we can uh contain the beast up top for him yeah i i agree and i mean as you both noted a lot of it's going to go through mitrovic but i think where we might have we have had a strong ability against a lot of teams is on the width and i don't think that their wingers are going to drop as deep as a lot of teams we play um, because they try to be a possession style team too. And those, that Solomon guy, he's pretty dangerous. He scored in five straight, but there was opportunity there on both sides by Brentford players whenever they overloaded or the wingers didn't drop back enough. So if you can, if we can pin them deep and Mitrovic doesn't have an out, we're just tight on him. That's I mean, asking a lot to do it to world-class player but um Brentford did it pretty successfully and we saw him do it against us so I'm hoping that we being a possession team can really pin them back and make it very difficult for them right and it would be an absolute shame to drop points to a team that fields William and Cedric Suarez I mean that that would be absolutely pitiful so but they do have an incredible shot stopper they do have yeah. an incredible shot stopper too, who wants us to win the league. So maybe he's got some of that <laughs> mojo going this weekend. Huh? What do we, we say? A little butterfingers him. action. He has the last time. I think the last time we played them, he had a very good game, and then it got to a point where it's like, how much can, how many shots can this guy save before we finally score? And then we ended up sealing it after he let in at least one, but followed through after that. But I'm just saying. Spam him, because he'll he's gonna make an air somewhere. <laughs> I think tight we, on those corner kicks. He got boxed out all the time. I think we really, really, really need to be putting pressure on him, like you say, with shots, but also when the ball's at his feet, we need to be playing those those balls in the in the spaces where it's like, oh, do I come and get that? Do I stay? Because, like we say, Leno's an incredible goal or shot stopper. I think his faults lie in in the decision making um, with the ball at his feet and coming and getting getting the ball for staying back. So if we can make him make a few decisions, I think that the the air will come, like you say. So a lot of stuff going. Do you guys have any? Are you guys ready for weekly makers? Um, sure. Sam, you want to start us off? Oh, you already know mine. Man United. <laughs> Man United, Anyone we should in just... particular? 
All of them. Eric Sevenhog, I've seen that going around a lot. I absolutely love that. Um, just anyone that's tweeted all year about them being title contenders, you're up there with them too. Um, no, it was just great. Yeah, and everybody there. Um, my weekly wanker is going to be Roma for losing that game in Italy and to Mourinho for getting sent off. But then they also beat Juve, so we'll give them a little bit less slack than we would on a normal weekly wanker. All right, well, Beckett, if you don't have any energy for the weekly wanker next week, you're going to be my weekly wanker, all right? I mean, I we need to get that, that energy up a little bit. Well, I mean... I, yeah, it's so much so much to plan for no, in the podcast. I just, I just I, want I, I to choose Manchester United as well, but I don't want to say Manchester United. You could have again. singled out a single player. I know you wanted Bruno. Yeah, I did want Bruno very badly. <laughs> well, I want Anthony because Anthony's out there doing the the uh, the Cruyff settle and shit, and then going out and get beat seven nil. So good for you. Um, no, my weekly anchor. I'm going to take it to the MLS and take it to. St. Louis City opening match and go with Enzo Capetti, the scorer of the first goal in St. Louis City Stadium, City Park. So congratulations for that. But you're going to be a wanker for enticing the entire stadium with your celebration after you score the opener when like the the 30th minute. Um, I don't think he realized the quite the support that, that St. Louis has for not just soccer, but all their sports teams. And to antagonize 22,000 people like that is never going to end well. And he absolutely got it for the rest of the game. I don't think he even had a chance later in the game. He getting absolutely booed anytime he comes near the ball. Roman Berkey got in his grill for trying yeah, to flop. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully that's a lesson lesson learned for all the way fans. Our team's coming is like, don't do stuff like that. We're not going to take too kindly to it. And our team didn't. They responded really, really well. And ended up with three in the back of the net. So Enzo Capetti, weekly wanker, well-deserved. Well, one of the worst parts about it all is is that we were peppering them until that goal, too. So it's like it's not like you guys were dominating the play whatsoever. And I just think the MLS is just, especially now that we're watching more with SCL City, it's just going to be a weekly wanker galore because you got the dude that scored an own goal, and then you got the dude that played it right to Klaus for a chip. So it's like second week in a row. Right. Whole Charlotte team could be. The whole defensive line and Capetti could be. You're right. Um, yeah, absolute, absolutely horrendous giveaway for the second week in a row that we capitalize on, which I'll take, and that's a credit to our, our play style and our high press, but absolutely horrendous. You're right. MLS might as well change it to the weekly wanker FC. I um, I read while well, I was on ESPN. I was just looking for STL City content, and I was on ESPN, and I read their MLS power rankings column for week two. And St. Louis City only went up two spots. We're 26th in the power rankings. And part of the description was uh, bringing lots of energy or whatever. And it's like, but how many times can the other team give them goals? (laughs) But I mean, six goals in two games. Well, I can understand that. But you have to make your own luck. And with that, yeah. and you, and it's not like they're just literally just giving it. They're under pressure, of way high up right on their box. So yeah. I don't know. Like I get where you're coming from. Like yeah, just giving right to us. But I mean, we created that turnover. Like it's not like 
It's not like we just were not the first one where we were literally just standing there and he passed it to us. Yeah, that's true. This guy's a season ticket holder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that chip was nice though. That chip that's was very nice. Papa Klaus, Santa Klaus. So, well, do you guys have anything, anything left in store? Nothing short and sweet, easy one. Well, in that case, thanks for everyone. Thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week after this Lisbon and Fulham game, hopefully talking about a good result in, in Europe and three more points. Hell yeah. Peace. Peace.